So, you heard something today at the <laughs> movie theater. Now, yeah, I guess, like, before we get into it, how, like, political is it? How do you quantify how political something is? I don't know. It's just like, oh, are we going to, like, are we potentially going to, like, fight about it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's entirely up to you. It's, I guess. I don't, I don't think that's, like, 100% true, I think. I mean, I don't know. It's just how touchy do you think it is? I mean, I, I don't know, because... I guess to me, it doesn't really seem all that touchy. I mean, it is just because of the nature of it. But like, I feel like I can freely talk about it without, I don't know, bringing emotions into it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've, whatever it is, I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think I, don't I know any. I don't see how you could not have. It's kind of. I don't think I've, I don't know any details. Is this, is this recent or is this like Um, It's a been month or ongoing two? for like a while now. I wouldn't say a month, but definitely the past couple of weeks. Oh, I man, think... it might have been longer than that, actually. It might have been about a month. Okay. I, I, I feel like. Maybe we don't talk about this for too long, but I am curious what it is. But let me give the facts that I know. Mm -hmm. So at the movies, we just saw The Northman. Mm -hmm. It was good. Um, Should follow us on Letterboxd to see how we really feel about it. Joseph, it'll (laughs) take him about two weeks. I I take like a week to log stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I just give – I well, see, I like – I try to give myself – like sometimes I give myself time to think about it or – it's half like giving myself time to think about it as well as like um, uh, being lazy and just not wanting to do it immediately. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, I'll do it later. And then and then like, I don't know what the sweet spot is, but a week isn't it. <laughs> and so by the time it's like a week rolls around, I'm like, oh, I need to log this before I forget. Mm-hmm. And then I've kind of like forgotten my thoughts about it at that point. <laughs> um, so it's not it's not like a perfect system, but um, anyways. It takes me some time to get to it. Anyway, saw the Northman. We were walking to the restroom after leaving, and I overheard a family mention that they uh, didn't like Disney anymore. And I was very curious as to um, why that is. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think, I don't know, I guess uh, in public, if if – People are having open conversations. I like to listen in on them. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> You're just admitting that you eavesdrop on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can I can understand that. Yeah. I do. I do love a good. They're not. It's not like they're being private. Like it's it's. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, but what is it? So I think the reason I was curious. Yeah, they said they didn't like Disney anymore. But mm-hmm. I think I think I was curious because I was like, oh, I wonder where this family will like fall in mm-hmm. what are their reasonings for not liking a Disney. Cause I feel like it could go either way. They could mm-hmm. be conservative and they could be like, yo, Disney's, uh, Disney's too, uh, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll just say, we'll say Disney's too like gay or something too liberal. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, or they could be liberal and they'd be like, yo, Disney's not gay enough. Disney's not, <laughs> Disney's too conservative. You know? Uh-huh. Um, I think it could fall either way. Sadly, uh, obviously I'm not going to just like stand there and continue to eat shot. We have to continue our mission to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, but they mentioned something about 
something in Florida and how Disney react is responded to it. And they didn't like that. Now I don't know where that means they fall politically, but mm-hmm. they didn't like it. Um, and so that's why they mm-hmm. don't like Disney anymore from now. What I do know about Disney in Florida, I feel like I heard about some sort of like, uh, I don't know if lobbying is the right word, but some sort of like, laws trying to be put in place so that like disney has to start paying taxes in florida Mm because apparently they're not um making all that money in that park but Mm -hmm. not you know not supporting the state and the economy Mm -hmm. um and then i heard something about don't say gay i don't know what it means but i've heard that phrase somewhere um that's all i know now i guess Tell me what's going on with Disney in Florida. I'm curious. Well, um, oh. uh, well. <laughs> it's been a while. Since. It has been a while. I haven't been able to explain anything to you for a <clears throat> bit. So um, I'm just going to start from the beginning so I don't get like sidetracked. Um, I, on, I legit can't remember when this happened because the news cycle, you know, it moves real fast. But uh, Florida. Too fast, some may say. I, I would agree with some of them. Um, Florida governor, his name is Ron DeSantis. He, well, I don't know if this is him or like Florida legislators, but he like signed the bill. But anyways, um, there's some legislation in Florida and other states. Florida is not the only one. They're just really prominent right now because of what's going on with Disney. But the bill has an actual name. I just don't know what it is, but it's being called the Don't Say Gay Bill. Mm -hmm. And the terms of the bill basically are that teachers in public schools cannot discuss anything related to like sexuality or gender identity at all Mm. um, if they teach grades kindergarten through third grade. Mm. And if they do, it has to be age appropriate. I know that the phrase age appropriate is in the like wording of the bill, but with that, to me, and this is me interjecting here, but that's not really going on anyways because, I mean, Florida, I don't know how it works like district to district or school to school, but I'm willing to bet that these kids aren't getting really any kind of sex education until middle school, and even then it might be abstinence only. I don't know where Florida falls on that. So to me, it seems like it's almost like critical race theory where it's not even going on at all, but they're just making preemptive legislature to like posture about it, which is weird. So um, back to the the facts. This is end of interjection. Um, Florida is one of the biggest employers in the state. Florida? Did I say Florida? Disney. (laughs) Disney is one of the biggest employers in the state of Florida because the theme park is there. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of people working there. And thus, they have a lot of people living there. Now, Florida has these special districts that are like, I really don't know how it works. But I just know that they're kind of separate from regular districts of florida mm-hmm. um and i don't even know if this is something that like other states have or if it's just like a florida thing but honestly i don't know how like the whole district districting thing works but i know that the parks and probably like some neighborhoods and stuff where like employees live is called the reedy creek improvement district and i think what happens is that a lot of the money that's generated within it doesn't really go back to the state. It goes back to um, things like infrastructure, I think, was one of the main ones. So, like, roads and pipes and stuff like that. And, you know, these parks, they generate a lot of money. So all of that is going to be going back really just kind of into the parks and into that district and not to Florida at large. Mm-hmm. 
or, you know, what other district they would, like regular district they would be in. So um, this bill gets introduced into legislature and at first Disney doesn't say anything about it. They just don't say anything. And of course, since um, I think, now this is this is me hearing it from other gay people. I'm not one of them. Oh God, that sounds so bad. <laughs> I'm, not a men- uh, I'm not a member of the LGBTQ community, so I can't really say, but I think Disney means a Wait, lot to them. Aaron. What? You're telling me you're not the <laughs> spokesperson for the LGBT? <laughs> Who have I been talking to this whole time? <laughs> you, you're you're a fraud. <laughs> you're not at all who I thought you were. <laughs> I thought you were the number one <laughs> spokesperson <laughs> for the LGBTQ. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint Podcast you, over. I'm, but... <laughs> I'm Aaron. I, I, I don't know what to believe anymore. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so I think Disney, it, it's kind of, you know, really popular with the gays, we'll say. And they're kind of upset that Disney was just kind of staying mum on the whole thing, considering that, um, you know, Disney, at least that park, they're in Florida. So you would think they would say something about it. And I think at some point, honestly, this feels like it happened a long time ago, but at some point they put out some kind of middle of the road statement, just being like, hey, we don't, we we love our gay Disney family members. And I, I don't know if they like explicitly stated whether or not they supported the bill. Um, honestly, I think I remember my impression when I read it was just that it was kind of bland, like they didn't really explicitly say anything. They're just kind of saying it so that, you know, people would be appeased. Um, and so at some point, I think Whomstever. I'm just going to say Ron DeSantis um, did not like this. Mm-hmm. This uh, statement was taken from him, at least, to be uh, an anti this bill. Mm-hmm. And so he decides, you know, it's time to it's time to make Disney pay. We're going to show them what happens when you don't follow the establishment. So mm-hmm. what they did is they introduced legislature to completely get rid of all of the special districts within Florida. Um, the Reedy Creek Improvement District being one of them. Mm-hmm. And it passed the Senate. I don't know if it passed the House yet or if DeSantis like signed it. So I don't know how far it's gone, but it looks like it's going to get passed. Um, and so obviously this would be kind of bad for Disney because that district itself holds, I want to say, I see the number $2 billion passed around a lot. But it holds like $2 billion of like debt of some kind. And once that district gets dissolved, all of that debt is going to go to the people of Florida into their taxes, which if there's one thing I know about Republicans, it's that they don't like paying taxes. So honestly, even if this is kind of a bad thing for Disney and a bad thing for Floridians in general, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because Ron DeSantis is up for re-election this year, and the midterms are coming up fast. Mm-hmm. So it remains to be seen whether or not he's lost any of his base's support. I mean, Ron DeSantis is perplexingly really popular in Florida, despite the fact that, number one, a lot of his... He pushed a lot of anti-vax stuff back when that was popular. I mean, it still is, but back in like the height of COVID. And therefore, a lot of his... Typically, Republican followers ate it up. They yum, yum, yum. So um, what happened is that a lot of these people ended up, of course, not being vaccinated, and a lot of them ended up dying. Mm-hmm. There's a not insignificant portion of the Florida population, specifically of Republicans, that are, like, dead now 
And you could say it's because of DeSantis. So it's kind of interesting to see what will happen. Um, You'd say, be, I don't know, I guess because of his influence. Well, yes. Yeah. And that would be because of him. But, um, I mean, he didn't go to people's houses and shoot them, but he mm. might as well have done that, you know, with the... No, those are two different things. What? People Joseph, can make people Joseph, can make are you own. unfamiliar with the concept of a metaphor? <laughs> like, I don't think it's a good metaphor. <laughs> all right, whatever. We're moving past it. But, um... Was that outside? Yeah, it was a knocking. Oh. I thought it was guns. No, I was just wondering. Oh, my God, it's DeSantis. <laughs> He's coming to get us. Um, but, um, yeah, so <clears throat> it's re- it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the midterms because of this if, this, if this gets passed. But I think you and I both know this, just being film enthusiasts and being film students. But the Disney Corporation is ginormous. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of influence. And... It's going to be interesting to see if this thing even gets passed because that improvement district being like dissolved is not going to be great for Disney, the corporation. Their bottom line. Yeah. And I mean, they are a corporation. They care about money more Mm. than really anything, more Mm. than their gay Disney family members. So at the end of the day, if this hurts them financially, they are going to fight it. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be really, really interesting to see what goes on. With Disney versus the Florida State Legislature and um, the citizens of Florida versus DeSantis. And it's not just people who live in the area of Disney that are going to be, well, actually, that's hearsay. I don't know whether or not it is. Um, Is it going to be, you know, the people within whatever new district is going to be drawn up that will have that $2,800, I'm assuming per year. Like, I see that number, but they don't say in what time frame. Like, is it a month? Is it a year? Either way, it still feels like a lot. Especially, you know, I don't know what the median household income of Florida is, but taking 28800 $28, from that still kind of feels like a lot, you know, extra that wasn't there before, mm-hmm. like taking that out of people's like incomes. So I'm honestly very interested to see what's going to go down in these next couple of months. Um, but yeah, that's the long and short of it. And I guess because, you know, Ron DeSantis has a reach outside of the state of Florida, apparently. Um some people outside of Florida are just going to hop on the bandwagon and like not like Florida anymore or not like Disney anymore. Mm. So I did see <laughs> I saw this uh, really weird like opinion piece from some conservative person being like, ah, we should stop going to Disney World. We should go to Dolly World. But what they Dolly don't know, World. Dollywood. Do- is it Dollywood? I don't know. Dolly Parton's theme park. In mm-hmm. I think Dollywood. Dollywood, Dollywood sounds Dollywood. right. But um, Dollywood, I mean, not Dollywood. Dollywood, yes. But also Dolly Parton is like a huge supporter of the mm. LGBTQ community. So it's like, what are you doing? It's funny. Yeah, it was it was really funny saying that. But yeah, that is the long and short of it. And now hearing that, what do you think? Um, what are your thoughts? What are your musings? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think... If if something hurts Disney <laughs> and their bottom line, I feel like that's probably good. I mm-hmm. feel like they need to be taken down a peg because they are ginormous yeah. and making, some monopoly busting needs to be going on over there. Making, but however, this is kind of just the theme parks, not really like Disney, the media company, or Disney, the any other arms that they have. So, like, mm. how monopolized are their like parks, really? You know, but mm. in general, I think. There needs to be some monopoly busting. Well, the way, well, so yeah, I think 
hurting Disney, uh, not entirely a bad thing. I mean, that's it kind of sounds bad, like, coming out of my mouth right now, but it's like mm-hmm. they're a corporation. Who cares? Yeah. Um, what else? I think, I think something I don't like about Disney is, like, they kind of claim – they, they like to claim they have, like, messages or whatever, but, like, mm-hmm. it's a corporation. It's, like, they are going to be apolitical unless it's actively, like, hurting them. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're going to be, like, barely political of, like, I guess pandering to whichever side mm-hmm. uh, the slightest bit because it will benefit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. So, like, them – supporting it i don't think that's like that's not like a genuine move you know what i mean i don't i don't think that's like oh my god disney like thank you like (laughs) um yeah i just think it's like they they had to give an answer because someone was like hey disney what do you think of this and they're like Mm -hmm. uh shoot what like they do the equations they they type on their calculator (laughs) they're like which will make us more money okay supporting it yeah so yeah we support it like i think that's also, in this day and age, it would be really weird not to support the LGBTQ community. I mean, obviously, there are people doing it for reasons, but I feel like, you know, not doing that will get you in hot water, like, real quick. Mm. So, I, think, I mean, it is just kind of human rights at this point, you know, but anyway. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's my, that's my thoughts on it. Mm. Well... This is the 14th episode of the Not Just Aaron podcast. We're almost, okay, six is kind of far away from 20, but we are almost at 20. Let's see, we've been doing this for uh, roughly 14 weeks. We took a week off, Um, but yeah, we've been doing this for quite some time now. Let's make it to 52 weeks. That would be nice (laughs) if we can. We gotta, you're gonna oof his name, but we gotta, we gotta do better than then. Because he, he, his podcast, he did that for like a year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Only we gotta, 52 episodes? Yeah, I think so. Mm, interesting. Now well, I'm fueled by spite and we exactly, will do it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, I think, well, yeah, because like he, he did it for a year. Then I think stopped for like a year mm-hmm. and then picked up at, for like a couple episodes. And then that was it from what I looked into. But maybe he's still doing it. I don't know. Interesting. But all this is, all this is we learned from John. Yeah. Well, I am Aaron, and you are. Uh. <laughs> um, I am. Help! I'm being held hostage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just say it. It. Oh my god. Do you all see what I have to deal with? Melissa Do you all see does. What I have to deal with on a Melissa, weekly Melissa basis. Melissa texted me. She celebrated. She was like, "Yay! You said it." <laughs> she was like, "Yay! You said it." I am uh, Joseph. That is my name, my legal name, given at birth. Um, and I refuse to be called anything else. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, I um, had a great time last week. You weren't there. You could have been. You should have. Oh, my. Joseph, you should have been there. Mm. You should have been there. Mm-hmm. You should have been there. Say it a couple more times. I think. I don't think. <laughs> The audience heard you. But it would have been nice if you were there. Uh Uh-huh. So (laughs) I went to a concert last Saturday. Let's see. What's today? Today's Saturday. So this time last Saturday, I was 
I think just what, what was I doing? I was just sitting. No, I was watching. Last Arrow. Saturday, I was sitting. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, th- I think it started right at seven. So I think at this point, Eris set would have been in full swing, and it was the best. So. Mm. Uh, I went to see the Below Tour Part 2. They came to New Orleans, and it was so great. My only regret is that I didn't buy any merch because I didn't see where the merch table was. Mm. I was so ready to spend so much money, and you I couldn't spend, even find it. You want to spend $30 on a sticker? I was about to, I'll spend $30 on a shirt, not a sticker. I don't even, I don't have uh, 40 a or use 50 for, for a shirt. <laughs> it wouldn't have been that much. I don't know about that. Well, it depends how known they are, but I don't know. I've, I mean, I've only been to one concert, but I've been to events where it's like they're selling merch. And usually the merch at like live events is heavily marked up. And I find that annoying. I probably still would have paid though, because, oh. wow, I don't have any era merch. Not sad. And I want it. Well, I mean, I have a vinyl, but I don't. I consider that more to be like wall art, I guess. But um, yeah, you should have been there. Mm. We would have had so much fun. Yeah, I oh I love metalcore. That's my favorite genre. <laughs> it still would have been fun though. It would have been a new experience though. Just you got to mm. go outside of your comfort zone. You got to you know do do new things. Stand in line when it's like kind of hot and humid. I feel like that's easy for you to say because this. I feel like. What, was this your comfort zone or no? Um, I mean, I've never really been to a metal show before, but it is music that I listen to yeah. already. So, But I still feel like, aside from country, just because how the crowds might be, um, depending on the artist. It's, that's heavily dependent on the artist. But I feel like I would be willing to go to really any genre of music's concert. I would go to a, a you know, nightcore to, rave. What about Travis Scott concert? <laughs> well, you know, I like having a life, so mm. I won't do that. Mm. But... um. I mean, no, I this it's a one happened. Wait, is Nightcore my my only knowledge of Nightcore is like the sped up meme songs? Yeah, like the like the weed music. That's what <laughs> I think of it as. Um, honestly, okay, I'm not 100 percent sure what Nightcore is. I just kind of <laughs> lump it in with all the other rave music. So mm-hmm. I would love to go to a rave, just not do any drugs there, because then the experience would be ruined. But um, gosh, like. A uh, Taylor Swift concert, mm. like, I mean, you name a genre, like I'm not I, good with genres. Oh well, I would be willing, you know. Uh, so, yodeling. I mean, hey, it would be different. Mm. It would be fun. I would have a story to tell. Mm. So yeah, especially if you know if it's a good yodeler. I'll, I'll... A good yodel. I'll never pass down a. <laughs> I'll never turn down a good yodel. Oh no. Oh no. Her headphones fell out. Yeah, it was um honestly Sunday morning last Sunday morning I actually like felt sad cuz it's probably going to be it like was over. Yeah. And because it's probably going to be a long time before I can get to do that again because these bands they don't come down here. They come to New Orleans occasionally. They certainly don't come to Mississippi. I mean, I might have some luck with Birmingham. And of course, I mean at this point for me Atlanta is just kind of too far away. You know, if I want to, like, spend some money, I might be able to, like, fly somewhere in Texas. But, you know, it's it's not like I have a, a new show to go to every weekend. You know, I don't I don't live in a place like that. And I know you're taunting me with that thread, and I don't care. I don't wear these socks. No, I was, I, I was waiting for a moment to ask for permission to pull this string off of the sock. I mean, go ahead, okay. I guess. I, I don't think it'll actually remove. Let's see. Oh, no. 
See, now you're just ruining my equipment. Yeah, your Jesse, equipment. You can't pull it. You got to snap it. <sighs> it. It's elastic. I could have gotten some scissors, but that required leaving. Now my fingers hurt. I Look will. what you did. <laughs> That's your fault. Why is your equipment falling apart? It was distracting me. Every time I breathe out of my nose, it would just wiggle. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I can't focus like this. Here, you want to throw it away? No, just put it on the table. Here you go. Here, wait, 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 wait. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> the disrespect. I also felt a little sad at the end of it, too, because, you know, I was just kind of there by myself. Um, it would have been really nice to have someone to share that experience with. But mm. um, alas, I am the only person I know who listens to that kind of music. But it was really interesting just being in a room full of people who, like, share that one, I guess, really specific interest with you. And that was interesting. I mean, I didn't really do any mingling. I wasn't down on the floor. I was up in the balcony. So I didn't really like talk to anybody. But um, I don't know. It would have been nice to share that with someone. Not to guilt trip you or anything like that. But you should have went. I would have. I was fully willing to pay for your ticket, by the way. Really? Yes. You didn't say that. I should have said that. (laughs) (laughs) You see, I feel like. Nah, I'm. I you can't fool me. This is a hundred percent guilt trip. No, it's not. I was. <laughs> Why would you say it after the fact? Because now I'm like kind of regretting that I didn't say it. Because uh, we would have had so much fun. Mm. You definitely. You. Pro- I don't know how you feel about loud noises, but you definitely would have needed some earplugs. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I. I mean, I don't know. I can enjoy. I can enjoy a good loud noise, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to be in pain. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't in pain. It was really loud, and I did, I ended up taking my. You had earplugs. Yeah, but, but you I took, took them out. out. Oh, okay. Because I want I wanted to feel it in here, mm. but um, I was pointing to my heart, uh, blind viewers, but um, <laughs> the males of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, it was loud, but it wasn't like it wasn't like sharp noises if that makes sense it didn't like hurt mm. but it was loud there's a i feel like there was like a sharp noise some of the yelling in the northman was kind of sharp i was like yeah. i was like ah <laughs> yeah that was just occasional mm. um but yeah but yeah it wasn't it wasn't that bad I, I will say um quick review i i do have like footage and stuff and i am p- planning on putting together a video but i feel like i don't have enough b-roll because during the concert i wasn't trying to like you know get pictures and video i was just trying to you know vibe um live in the moment yeah Mm. but um let's see era they went on first very unexpectedly no introduction or anything they just started playing that was wild that caught me off guard but you know it was great um honestly you know i'm gonna say i get why people go to church now i don't know if you remember um when we would go to chapel at Bellhaven, and without fail just about every week there'd be one or two people with like their hands up you know the ones yeah, and that was me. I mean, not specifically the ones, but yeah, well, I saw people ones, with their hands you know, up. They, always I was like, oh yeah, people. that was uh, Becky, you know what I mean? And and John. <laughs> um, but no, there there always be a couple people with their hands up, like really, really vibing. Mm-hmm. But of course, I, I can't vibe to that kind of music. It's just not, I, it feels weird. But anyways, that was me basically during the entire era set, especially when they played Night to Silence. But you had Ooh. your hands up? Yes. Ah, and I was like, you know, I I was just like those people in chapel, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just really like their music so much. And according to the people sitting next to me, they like never come to the South, which is really weird because they're from Alabama. That's so disrespectful. Where are you from, Alabama? You don't come down here. Mm. I'm personally upset about that as a fellow Alabamian. So mm. anyway, 
Um, up next after them was the Devil Wears Prada, which is the Christian band that I told you about last time. Yeah, last time. Um, and honestly, they put on a really good show. I only know like a couple songs from them and it's kind of like the older ones, but they had really great energy. The like production was great. Um, I always liked how their instrumentation sounded on their tracks, but like hearing that live, it was like different. It like hit different, but in a good way. Mm. Um, after that was Silverstein. Uh, their bassist was like eight feet tall. He was so tall. Like, oh my God. When they were setting, probably not eight feet, Mm. but, um, when they were like setting up their microphones and everything, these are like grown men carrying this stuff out. And like one of the microphones was like super high up and I'm like, is this correct? And then he comes out and he's like so tall. Mm. So I don't know what his name is, but, um, all my Silverstein heads out there, you probably know who I'm talking about. But um, that was really interesting um, seeing them, especially when they played My Heroine and like all of the instrumentals cut out and they just let us sing the chorus, all of us together in that one room, just singing along to a song that we all knew very well. That was a, a really interesting experience. And then, oh, those are the three openers. And then Beartooth came out. Um, not super duper big fans of them. But um, really, <laughs> if we're being honest, I only went to see Era, and I got that, and I got some bonus extras too, so that was nice. Um, Caleb Shoma puts on, he puts on a good show. I thought he was going to, like, play the, the keyboard or something, because he played keyboard on Someday Came Suddenly, which, I mean, gosh, that was years ago. But he's actually really good at the piano, because, okay, I'm telling you these things, you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to try to refrain from doing that, <laughs> so never mind. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm meanwhile just looking at and, and studying everything on well, the I'm table. I'm trying to tell you about this fun experience I, I had. Now, you know you don't know what I'm talking about. But I mean, I'm, I'm listening, to... I, but it, it was definitely, I feel like I thought it was funny because you're just like, oh, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> he's not talking at all. Yeah. Well, anyway, he was, um. I'm glad you, I'm glad you had a good time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it, that concert lasted for a super long time because they started at seven and I got back to my hotel room at like midnight. So seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Five hours. Yeah. So it was honestly by the end of it, I was kind of yawning. You had to do that with your fingers, Joseph. We've already established this. I'm yeah, not good at math. Yeah, I know, but I think every episode I learn that like <laughs> you have like a first grade level way. math. <laughs> okay, hold on. That's not 100 percent true. I could do some things. It's just there, there's seven just, to twelve. We're not talking be, about it. Eight, nine. It didn't take me that long. I just Ten. need to like visualize it. That's all. Eleven. You're being extra. Yeah, I know, but it's fun. I thought. I thought. I thought. Eventually, the slower I went, I thought you would crack. I thought you would laugh. Eventually, she no. was too offended to laugh. Exactly. Mm. But yeah, it, it lasted kind of a long time. Um, being out after dark was interesting. I'll say this: I think weed got legalized in uh, Louisiana at some point. Because the last time I was there, it just smelled like pee and vomit. But now it smells like weed and pee. So the vomit got re- replaced with weed. So that was interesting. They were also like vaping inside of the venue. So they had like smoke machines like on stage. But every now and again, I would see a plume come up from the floor. Because people were ripping fat vape clouds <laughs> during the concert. They bought the, they bought the H3H3 custom vape. Yeah. <laughs> The giant backpack one. Um, yeah, people were crowd surfing. That was interesting. Somebody threw a bra up. That mm. was wild. They just kind of... Don't <laughs> pretend it wasn't you. No, it wasn't <laughs> me. I was way up in the balcony. Yeah, I, I didn't know you had such a good arm. Like Anyway. Anyway. Um. Yeah, people crowd surfing. She's a somebody. I don't know who, but... <laughs> it definitely wasn't It was me. me. I actually was there. <laughs> um, 
um what else oh seeing a mosh pit in person that was interesting mm. the pit it was kind of um more below me so i couldn't really see it that well but yeah that was people were just like throwing things i think somebody went up and like grabbed a shoe off the balcony because someone had like thrown it up there but yeah that that was it was certainly an experience an experience i will never forget unless i developed dementia at a sadly young age mm. so i just kind of wish that i took more pictures and video and that i actually bought some merch so, you know, driving home on that really long I-95 bridge, like in a swamp, it was, um, I was happy, but it was somber for a number of reasons. So that is my review <laughs> of it. And the video will be out whenever I get around to it. Yeah, I don't, do we watch different movies? I don't remember any of that in The Northman. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that was hardly funny. Yeah, you laughed though. No, that that wasn't a genuine laugh. Mm. I laughed at who knew you. Yeah, I, I gotta work I on. I gotta work on my delivery then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and now you I'm, need to work on your math and your improv. <laughs> Especially your math. <laughs> okay, we're we're moving past the mathematics. Okay, I've graduated college. I've, we, should I have, we should do an episode where I give you a math quiz. <laughs> so mean are you kidding me i would start getting flashbacks i might actually cry on the podcast we cannot That'd do be that lit. no it would watch a movie about math like some i don't know some bill nye some schoolhouse rock <laughs> and just like you just that's gonna be the what makes you cry <laughs> never seen you cry during a movie but we're gonna watch bill nye being like numbers and you're gonna he doesn't Ugh. do math on that show yeah it's i know he's science. the science guy I know, yeah, exactly I know. math and science are not very connected to death. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yeah, you'd like to pretend to because you don't know half of it then. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> this this is this I can't I can't take the the math hatred. And what's longer. what's uh no, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I thought about getting like not not just now. I've actually been thinking about this since like, I don't know, the past two weeks or something. I thought about okay. getting you getting a piece of paper writing on it like uh what is it we'll just say like four over five and eight over ten <laughs> and ask you like what's the difference and it's like clearly there is a difference like uh -huh. but they're the same number aaron yeah you convert them to decimals i know you like decimals a little bit more uh who said you convert that them to de you did when i don't know okay because you don't like, like fractions no yes Listen, this was just specifically about how you talk about ratings on Letterboxd. Really? That's it, yes. No, I, I don't know. You seem to be confused when I give a rating that isn't representative I'm on not, isn't I'm not confused. I'm just, I am confused, not at the yeah. numbers, but why you would do that. Because. Especially considering it's an out of five star system. Uh-huh. We've discussed this before, not on the podcast, but like I said, if you were Talking about a review that you gave on IMDb, it would make sense because it's out of 10. Uh -huh. Letterboxd is not out of 10, it's out of 5. Uh -huh. So saying you gave it something out of 10, that doesn't make sense because that's not how the rating system works. Uh -huh. okay. If we're talking about, I don't know, Metacritic or something like that, it's not even a, I don't know, fractional system. It's out of 100. It's still, that's not a fractional system. It doesn't give the score as a fraction, gives it as a number out of 100. That's a fraction. It's not a fraction. It's not presented as a fraction. It's presented as a number. Something out of 100 is like... Okay, but it doesn't... When you, when you see those little squares on a website uh -huh. saying a Metacritic score, it doesn't say out of 100. It just says the number. But you know it's out of 100. 
Okay, but yeah, but that's implied. Oh, man, See, so you're doing heated. this just to get to me. We gotta get. I feel past like you're too stuff. easy to get to. Because <laughs> and I'm not even doing it because of that. It's like let me let me tell you. Of all the people I've talked to about letter a letterboxed, oh my god! <laughs> of all the people I've talked to about letterboxed, which it's not a very long list. Let's say like you and like five other people. Mm-hmm. You're the only one that has an issue where I. Uh, refer to my scores as a number out of 10 because it's not how it works on the site oh my god how is that hard to understand uh-huh i'm the one i'm the one who has a hard time understanding <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh. maybe maybe you don't know that i have a lot of you know deep-seated traumas around math you know do you uh not don't lie as- about it lying about your trauma is even worse well, I mean, it's not... You a poser? You got trauma poser? <laughs> no, but I did legitimately have a really bad, hard time with math growing up all the way up until college, honestly. Mm. And it's got me wondering if there's like something wrong with me because of it, because mm. my comprehension of some math concepts just never developed. And I don't know if it was just my schooling or if it's just like, you know, actually something wrong with me, but... Me and math at some point, honestly, it's not even at some point. It's probably like after the first grade. There's just, there's no connection there. Mm. Like me and other subjects, I can, I can get with it. Mm -hmm. The only non-math subject that I ever made a bad or not great grade on growing up was chemistry in the, I want to say 10th grade, because the only thing we were doing there was converting like chemical reactions or whatever it is. And it involved like really complicated math, and I made a C in that class at the end of the year. Mm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And I was actually so happy when I finally completed quantitative reasoning, which is the only math class that I've excelled in because it doesn't have numbers in it, or it does, but it very rarely uses numbers to actually like do math. Mm. And so I was so happy when I was done with that class, what that had to be like my sophomore, maybe junior year, because then I would never have to do math at like a academic level ever again. And in my adult life and in my work life, I don't encounter math that much. And if I do encounter it, there are tools online that I can use that will help me with it so that I don't have to do anything like major and I'm not getting graded on it. And my, I don't know, how do I say this? My parents aren't disappointed in me because I can't figure something out. Mm. So, there you go. But how does that make you feel? <laughs> Joseph. So, I'd really like if we uh, stopped all this. You flick the fuzz? It's Get not. Throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. On my floor? <laughs> Podcast over. I'm turning off the recording. No, get away. Stop. <laughs> but anyway, there's your Aaron and math lore. Yeah, I mean, I could have guessed as much. It's not that interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like math. I was pretty good at it. Well, but that's in high where you school, and I differ. In high school, it's very popular to not like math, but in my adult life now, I'm like, math, kind of fun sometimes, you know? I mean, I guess. Yeah. My strategy, well, whatever, I'll talk about it. My um strategy for the ACT, I was more or less okay at, you know, the rest of the subjects. Because, I mean, the major ones is what, like, English and, like, reading. And then the optional writing portion, which is, like, an easy 30 on that part. Um, 
But my strategy for math on the ACT was just to mark something. If I looked at a problem and I didn't immediately know how to solve it, I just marked something and move on. And as a result of that, I ended up making a 15 on the math portion in the ACT, which was not great, which led me to have to take remedial math in college. So. What? Wait, how does your your ACT score affects what? So basically, classes you have to take in college? Yes. If you're under a certain yeah. score, which the threshold isn't very high, which tells you how just how bad I did. But if you're under a What's certain the threshold, I can't remember. I want to say it was <laughs> like 18. Hmm. So if you're under that for a specific subject, you have to take a remedial course before you can move on to the regular ones. And that remedial course does not count towards your like regular credits, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So you're taking it and you're paying for it. And it's like, you know. Could have just done better on the ACT instead of taking and paid for this class, which I had to take it twice, by the way. Because the, the first, class? Yes. Because mm. the first time I took it, it was a night class, and it was three hours from like 6 to 8.30, which at that time, I was sticking to a very strict 8 o'clock bedtime. So like halfway through the class, I was mentally checked out. And um, it wasn't a traditional like class. We weren't really like taught anything. It was basically an online class, but we had to show up to a physical classroom. Mm. And so after a certain point, I was like, you know what? I can't do this. So I withdrew from it. And I think, I can't remember if it actually had an effect on my um, GPA or not, but I remember getting a letter from like the, what the registrar or something saying like, hey, you're failing this class. You got to do something about that. But then I had to like email them back being like, I already withdrew from it. So it's whatever. So I had to re-enroll in, in that next semester. And that ended up being... A, so the night class, I was like once a week, once or twice a week, I can't remember. And the next time I took it, it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it was only 50 minutes. So that was way better for me because it was less time. It was in the morning when I actually had Think Juice. Um, so it ended up working out, but you know, there there is some lore there between me and math. So mm-hmm. there you go. So I'd appreciate if you stopped making fun of me about it. No, I would appreciate it if you stopped uh, freaking out when I said, yo, uh, uh, this movie's an 8 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. We, we, can, we can have a compromise. How about that? You don't make fun of me in math anymore, and I will try in my brain to understand what you mean when you say out of 10 <laughs> on Letterboxd. <laughs> oh, my God. Jess, I already told you all the Lord. There's... There's no disbelief that needs to be had. Uh-huh. I li- but I like how you're like <sighs> your your compromise is like barely a compromise. You're like, "Hey, stop making fun of me about stop making fun of me about my difficulties with math mm-hmm. and I'll like uh what is it? I'll like try and uh, not freak out every time you say the wrong score about Letterboxd. Well, hold on, I like, didn't even say the wrong score. I, anyway, see, doing this again, it's <laughs> it set it off all over again. I I think I don't think I'm I don't think I'm misrepresenting your words. I'm exaggerating mm-hmm. them a little bit, but I think like like you could have for my side of the bargain, you could have been like nicer or more giving of just like you stop making fun of me for math mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I'll stop saying stuff about the scores. But you're like, I'll try okay. and understand what goes on when you say <laughs> the math, the the scores or whatever. <laughs> whatever. Mm. Just uh, anyway. Mm. You just got Ben Shapiro, facts and logic. Anyway. And I'll add one more thing, and we're going to move on from the math. But I think, you know, me, the whole me not being good at math thing was especially difficult because growing up, I was kind of, I won't say good, but I was decent at most subjects, and I was also in the gifted program. So there's, like, this whole other layer of expectations being, like, oh, you're in the gifted program. You must be good at everything. You're going to, you know, you're so amazing academically, and you're so, like, smart and everything like that, even though I said this in my video about the gifted program, but I don't think I ever mentioned this to you, but when I was in middle school, we had this just witch of a teacher. She was not nice mm-hmm. for our gifted class. And for whatever reason, I can't remember why. I think somebody must have asked about it, being like, hey, what is our IQ? Because we take this test um, when we're in the second grade that determines whether or not we get into gifted in the third grade. And um, I guess the teacher told this person their score but for whatever reason, they went out of their way to, like, tell me that I had the lowest IQ in the whole class. Mm. And I was, like, 13 or something. You got to understand what that does to a person. Mm. So, like, you know, I'm getting kind of sad thinking about it now. But I feel like for me, academically, there are a lot of expectations put on me, even though in reality, aside from, like, English and writing, I was just an okay student. And I did well at history because I like learning about history. But that's about it, you know. So, yeah. I don't know. That's why it's kind of a sore subject for me. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you understand that now and stop making fun of me about it. The the math? Yes. I mean, IQ doesn't have to do with math. I mean, no, but no, it doesn't have anything to do with math, but you know, you I'm questioning your intelligence. Yeah, basically, and it's like, you know, that teacher doing that it made me feel bad. I yeah. mean, there's no other way no, to say that's pretty it. Mean. I think I, I think it is mean. I agree with you. I think potentially a different way to look at it is like even if you had like the lowest IQ in the class in in the gifted program, which again, uh, very mean. I don't think the teacher should have called that out. It's it's no. not right. But I I would assume it's still above whoever's not in the gifted program. Um, well, I mean, I guess, but if you think about it, there are some people who definitely should have been in that program. It's just that in the second grade, they didn't do very well on a test, mm. which is why I maintain that the gifted program doesn't really do a whole lot for students other than give them high expectations about themselves and then just kind of spit them out with like no support in high school because it ends when you get to high school. But if you like have an IEP, which technically we did as gifted students, but basically what that means, if you're like in special education classes, we'll say that support continues into high school. For us, we went from gifted to like honors classes, which were really just like regular classes. So there was no, there was no bridge for that. We just kind of cut off, you know? And then you like go out into the world thinking, ah, I was in a gifted class. I was in honors classes. I made high on the ACT, which I personally didn't, but you know, a typical student, it would go out with all these other people who did super well and got into these like great colleges and realized, you know, they're, a, I guess, what what's the phrase? Small fish in a big pond. Mm. When before they were a big fish in a small pond. So there's, there's this thing. It's not like a real thing, but it's, um, I guess, uh, a meme of sorts uh, around former gifted students. It's called 
I want to say like gifted kid syndrome or something like that, where basically after they're like, basically they're, uh, I don't know, they're hyped up their whole childhoods being like, oh, you're the top, you're the best, and you're everything great. Um, and a lot of, a lot of like, I don't know, value is put into academics more than anything else. And then they go out into the real world and they realize how little any of that matters. And it's just kind of like, Ugh, well, how do I base my self-value now? And for me, thankfully, I feel like it never got to that point. Like, I personally didn't put a lot of value in my academics because, number one, <laughs> this is going to sound really conceited, but for certain subjects, it didn't really take me a whole lot to do well in them. I could just, like, exist in class and get an A. And that might be more about my school and how little they cared, so they just passed everyone on. But um, really what mattered to me was my creative pursuits. So mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I put value into that instead of just, like, pure academics. So if that's true like you didn't put like your self-worth in that why does i mean then why would me making fun of your inability at math why would that hurt your feelings because growing up like i was i don't know just the way that i don't know man i just remember okay i'm gonna relate to you a series of memories and hopefully you can put together something with that but i remember being in the second grade and we were learning about even and odd numbers and i think the teacher asked Okay, is the number four, is it even or is it odd? And I mean, I don't know. I don't think the concept was really explained to me very well. So I didn't really understand the like differences between even and odd, like what made a number even, what made a number odd. It felt really arbitrary to me as like a seven-year-old. And so everyone else said even and I said odd. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Why why am I wrong? Like what what is going on here? So um, I think another thing that really got me like in school, I feel like this is only from like kindergarten to maybe third or fourth grade, but one unit we would always do in our math classes would be elapsed time. And without fail, I would always like fail. Well, not fail, obviously, because if I like fail, failed it, then it would be like a problem, but I never did very well with elapsed time. And then of course, around the time it, it came time to like learn times tables, so maybe like third grade, um, obviously I wasn't doing very well in school with them. And so I had to like go home and learn it. And I think at that point, my mom, who was a math teacher, by the way, an elementary math teacher, um, she just got really frustrated with trying to <laughs> tell me these times tables, which I mean, to an adult, I guess it's like really simple. But to me, it's like just a mental block there. I can't, I mean, obviously, you know, the easy ones are easy, but I still struggle with like the fours. You try to ask me what four times seven is, I'm going to freak out a little bit in my head. So, cause like there's just, the fours are really hard. One, one is, one is one. Two is easy. Three was fine. Four was just rough. Five was fine. Six probably was hard, but I, for some reason, the fours always stick out to me. The fours times tables is just like, I think of them and I get like flashbacks because my mom would just be like, um, no, I remember this so vividly. Oh my goodness. Um, was it seven times eight? What's seven times eight? Is it whatever one that's like 56? What's <laughs> See, I gotta look at a calculator. Fifty-six. Oh, what? Seven times eight. Um, let me see. Maybe not. Seven times eight. Yes, it was seven times eight. And she would just yell at me like fifty-six, fifty-six, fifty-six. And obviously, I was a child, so I started crying, and that like really stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. Just like any time I see <laughs> the number fifty-six, I remember that, which is like so I'm weird. Sweating. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you don't necessarily have to go into all of this lore, but like. I don't know. I feel like there's a there is a discrepancy if you're like, oh, it's not my well, 
I don't know. It seems like you're like, oh, it's not my self-worth. But then you're like, you're like, oh, I'm kind of, I, you sound kind of like insecure about it. Well, I mean, I guess, but I feel like that was part of it though, because, you know, I guess, okay. So I guess now me as an adult and I guess going closer into high school and also college and like now, I guess, um, I didn't really put that much emotional or self-worth value into academics, but Considering that everything else was so easy for me and then math was the one thing where I just could not figure out how to do anything that really, you know, it's like, why is this one thing just like so hard Mm. out of everything that comes like naturally to me? Why is math the thing that doesn't? Mm. So because, you know, in elementary school when I was in, um, I was always at an advanced reading level. Like, I would always, you know, we had the accelerated reader system, which basically, you read a book, you take a test, you get some points. And I always had the most points out of the class, like, pretty consistently, especially, like, I want to say kindergarten to, like, third grade. And I was always reading books, like, above my reading level. And, like, that was that was always really hyped up by adults for me. So, you know, there, there's this one thing that I'm really good at that comes naturally to me because reading is fun. Like, reading is objectively fun. You get to see whole stories and like have a whole adventure with like words like how is that not how's that not going to appeal to a kid you know but like math is just suffering basically For like me, this child is suffering apparently because this child crying. the one floating in the air right <laughs> outside the wall you pointed at um no, there's a baby crying well i think i yeah i feel like there 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 does seem to be a discrepancy with what you're like saying versus what you're describing um about your experience with math. For me, I think, um, what is it? Like I said, it, it was kind of popular um, in high school. It's kind of popular to popular to hate math. Everyone's just like, oh, I don't like math. I hate math. Mm-hmm. And I think I went along with that just because it's like everyone was saying it. Um, but so it's like I would always say like, oh, I don't like math, but I'm good at it. Um, now, looking back on it, and then not even, I think like, second half of high school or so um i think i started really to like enjoy my enjoy math because i had we had like a really good teacher Mm -hmm. um very energetic very enthusiastic and like for me i view math more as like puzzles you know we both Mm -hmm. like puzzle games for me a math problem uh typically is like a puzzle and so i like taking it apart and solving it. Now, a lot of that since high school kind of is out the window. I can't do it anymore. But in mm-hmm. the middle of it, when I'm learning it, I enjoyed it a lot. But um, And it was cool of just like relating to the math teacher of like, he would talk about this and and I'd be like, oh, I get it. Or I, I would feel smart if I like found another way. And then he would be like, he was like, oh yeah, I did that too. Uh, when I was like younger, but like, but actually you're wrong. And I, and then I'd like work through it and like, Oh my God, you're right. I am wrong. But like, I thought <laughs> I was smart, which I mean, I was, but like, um, I don't know. I, I, I just had like some really good math teachers in high school and mm-hmm. I enjoyed the problem solving nature of it. Um, mm-hmm. I like solving problems and I like solving puzzles, uh, especially when like, Especially when I know there's like, there's, there's rules, you know what I mean? Like there's Mm -hmm. a set, there's like, there's an answer and there's a way to get it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it's not like this abstract thing where I have to kind of like figure it out or kind of like 
um, it, it's it's very structured as opposed to um, I'll say something more artistic like music where you just kind of feel it out. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. I know there's like steps and rules and like well, I feel like I like that. Well, it's not necessarily true for music because I feel like there's <clears> a lot of like really mathematical stuff that goes into music, especially with like, I don't know, time signatures and just like different sound frequencies and other weird stuff that goes into music that I don't quite understand. But um, I feel like music incorporates a decent amount of math. But I feel like, as you were saying that, um, I feel like a lot of other subjects in school, it's mostly memorization. Whereas with math, it's like solving. Obviously, you have to like memorize formulas. But if you don't know, well, first of all, it's a lot of formulas. But the amount of variables present is just kind of wild because each problem is solved the same way, I guess, but you use different numbers and like trying to, like if I had to memorize like one really specific math problem, how to work it out, I probably could have done that. But, you know, I feel like math is more than just the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, the Normans invaded England in 1066, stuff like that. You know, you have oh, really? to, you have to actually work through it instead of just memorizing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but 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 you said it yourself. It's like you memorize the formulas, you memorize like the steps, and then the only thing. But then you get different numbers and different letters in different places, so it changes how everything works. Uh-huh. She's and like, I figured I figured out one plus one, but what the frick is one plus two? I've never <laughs> seen that before in my life. But also, a lot of advanced math, you have to you have to work up to it. And I think what happened is that somewhere along the way. I figured out how to do, like, basic math stuff, obviously. I can do basic arithmetic. Like, that's mm-hmm. not really a, a difficulty for me. But after Big Shaq that, taught us both a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, at some point, different, like, more advanced concepts ended up being introduced. And I either just, like, didn't get them. And they just passed me along because, you know, I was still on the honors track. I was still doing well in my other classes. Mm-hmm. So they just scoot on along we don't need people hanging back here in our school system and it's just like at some point once we got to like pre-calculus I guess like I knew I like I could recognize there were steps that had to be taken to understand certain like I guess pre-calculus things but I have I'm in I'm in calculus now I'm at the end of the road and I was fine at the beginning of the road but somewhere in the middle of the road I got lost and I just never picked it back up and um, fun fact, the only way I was actually able to pass pre-calculus and, like, be done with math in high school is that I cheated on the final test. And if I didn't do that, I probably would have failed. And who knows what would have happened. I mean, they probably would have just passed me along because, honestly, my senior year of high school, I was doing so little actual schoolwork. It's, like, ha- I don't know. But, again, the school that I went to was garbage. It was a failing school. Probably still is. So, you know, that stuff just ends up happening. But I think think for me, me not being good at math just kind of ended up working out because, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff past basic arithmetic doesn't inhibit you from being like a productive member of society. Like if I was illiterate, I probably would not make it very far in this world, you know. But now that I am, you know, literate, like just a basic level of literacy and I can communicate as well as I can in writing um, I feel like it's good that I'm good at English and it's okay that I'm not that good at math. I think, um, something that popped into my mind that probably contributed to my enjoyment of math was like, it didn't, 
Um, I think this was only like junior and senior year. Um, maybe even just senior year where it's like we had a lot of like study halls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which did we have study hall? I don't know if it's like we had study halls or if it was like the dual enrollment kids mm-hmm. had study halls, but I, oh, I yeah, think I it that. was, um, I was in dual enrollment and I think did it was, yeah. Wait, what? Like, did you like finish? Finish what? Dual enrollment. Well, I mean, dual enrollment for me, it's just like you just take some classes that count as both high school and college classes. So you go into college with some credits already. Hmm. Well, with me, it was supposed to be that once I finished dual enrollment, I'd graduate high school, like a high school diploma and like an associate's degree. But I ended up dropping out because it was so stressful. Because again, a lot of academic pressures put on me when I was in reality, an average student. And um, I had to take a college level Honestly, it was a basic math class. It was what, like Math 101 or something like that. And the teacher was going so fast. And I remember sitting in class being like, okay, I understood what we were doing last class, but now we've like all of a sudden moved on to like 10 more levels of like complexity. And now I'm just like lost. And that was definitely one of the contributing factors for me what? dropping out of college in high school. So, and that honestly had an adverse effect on my college GPA because. I literally started at Bellhaven with like a 2.7. Well, as far as I know, the call it like dual enrollment, like it fluctuates. You can take as much or as little as you want now. I think it depends on the program and also the state. Because for me, it was like through our community college. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, so was it for me. It was through our community college, but it's like. You can what take- I've learned here, <clears throat> sorry, but what I've learned here, because I've been like asking questions about it at work and everything, because they deal with like students and stuff, but I think it works differently in Mississippi than it does in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, um, you were saying community college. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my classmates' senior year took a lot of like, they took like a couple, let's say like, I don't know, four or five dual enrollment classes. So that meant they were taking less like high school classes, more study halls. And then they went into college nearly already completing, air quotes, completing their freshman year. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they worked up enough credits. Me, I only did like, I well, I I, for, I messed up the math and the numbers a little bit. But like uh-huh. I only did four number, four <laughs> classes. And so I only went in with like 12 credits. So it's like mm-hmm. I had gone into college where um that was a weird noise i had gone into college with like 12 credits so um a little less than like a semester or so Mm -hmm. worth of credits but like um working at the bookstore i met a girl that um she's new at bell haven and she is like it's her first year and she's the age of a freshman but because Mm -hmm. of how much like dual enrollment she took Throughout her junior and senior year, she's mm-hmm. like technically a senior. Yeah, so, see, I didn't want to do any of that because I well, feel like that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't um, impact like the program. That's just what you didn't want to do. You know what I mean? That doesn't what do you mean, mean it the, doesn't impact the program. Well, you were saying like, oh, the programs might be different. But well, they it's are just, different. But I'm not saying like I. If I would have graduated with an associate's degree, I would have like started college as a junior technically. And then I would have graduated when I was like 19 Mm -hmm. and I did not want to do it, especially if at that time I was going to school for like English, it wouldn't have taken me that long. So I would have, especially if I was just doing like 
those classes, then it definitely wouldn't have taken me that long. And then I would have graduated way early, just like not even knowing like what the heck is going on, what I want to do. I'm 19. I'm like out of college. What is like I wanted to have the most normal college experience that I could have had. I didn't want to do any of the weird smart kid things of being like, you know, I don't know, 14 in a community college classroom with a bunch of adults. That was really weird to me. Um, it just felt felt pers- personally felt weird to me. Didn't really like it. And, you know, I just I just wanted to be like normal. No, it's not. Some for some people, I would say for some people it's not like a smart thing. It's like I know, but I feel like no, the reputation wait. Okay, you're you're cutting me off. Okay. I'm saying it's like a monetary thing because dual enrollment is significantly cheaper than college. But I didn't understand that as like a teenager. I didn't care about that. Like uh-huh. it was my understanding that okay, whatever my parents want me to go to college, you're gonna pay for it. So whatever happens, whatever happens. Mm. And like now I understand as an adult I understand that because when I was doing dual enrollment, we actually got a discount because my mom worked at the community college. So mm. obviously that would have been the best monetary decision. But I guess that wasn't explained to me very well as a kid because it was just like, I didn't even get a choice in the matter. I was just told, ninth grade, you're doing dual enrollment. Mm-hmm. Have fun with that. And I feel like, especially around this time, like kind of middle and into high school and not really into college because, you know, there was some physical distance there. But my mom just kind of had these really weird, not weird, but a lot of academic expectations for me and a lot of other expectations as well. And I couldn't conform to that. And I guess that kind of led to a rift in our relationship when I was that age. So mm-hmm. and, um, I felt like, especially during high school, I felt like I wasn't given a choice. I think that's what it comes down to, honestly, specifically for dual enrollment, because I have some emotions and feelings about that as well. But we're going to get to that later or never. Um, um but I feel like specifically with dual enrollment and a lot of other things that I did in high school and sort of middle school, it's just you're going to do this whether you like it or not and just do it. And my feelings weren't considered mm-hmm. much, if at all. Mm-hmm. And the only reason <laughs> it happened twice, the only reason I was able to quit dance, which is a whole other topic, is that my mom was out of town and my dad saw that I didn't want to do it anymore. So he was like, OK, you don't have to do it anymore. And then when I was doing dual enrollment, I was so stressed out. I was crying all the time. And my dad saw, again, my mom, I don't know if she was out of town at this point, but she um, wasn't there at home when this happened. And I was just so stressed out and just like crying and just upset that I was being made to do this the one thing that I didn't want to do. And I wasn't even doing it well. So it's like, what is the point? This is just like a waste of time and money and my emotions. And also just like a lot of other stuff was going on at the time and he saw how just stressed out it was making me, like, feel on top of being just, like, a teenage girl, which is just already a lot. So he was like, okay, mom, you just can't let her do this anymore. This is obviously not good for her. So despite all of my dad's misgivings, he was usually the one who was looking out for my mental health, which is interesting to think about. Um. So, yeah. So did you did you complete any of your dual enrollment classes? I mean, yeah, I finished some classes, but um, obviously I had to drop that math one. I think I ended up making a C in like the biology class that I had to take. Also, it was during the school year. It was online, and I do not do well with online classes. It just it's not it mm. doesn't go well. I feel like uh, then, in my experience with dual enrollment, as far as I know, like all of the dual enrollment classes were online. It was basically like. 
um, my senior year, we were just doing like a bunch of like English and other random stuff uh, through Canvas, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then um, in the summer, mm-hmm. I actually went to um, the campus, which again, just a really strange experience. I remember um, being in the elevator, uh, class was over. I was listening to these two ladies talk, and they're like, both in this class that I was in, and I believe it was English 101, they were like talking about their children that they have, and I'm literally 14, about to go home and play Minecraft. So it was just, it was just an odd environment to be in, and I didn't. You were 14. Yeah. What year were you taking dual enrollment? Um, I started it. It was either during my ninth grade year or the summer after my ninth grade. No, I started the summer after my ninth grade year. So that that's when that happened. That's so I was 14, and I did it up until I want to say my junior year before it just everything just kind of fell apart. Mm. So. Oh well, yeah, I feel like freshman year is very soon. Um, yeah. But. And I remember it being weird because the English 101 class that I was taking, I'd already learned all that stuff in like ninth grade English. So I was like, wait, this is this is college? Like, um, I literally just learned all of this. But anyways. But yes, to answer your question, I did take some classes. I had some credits that did transfer over to Bellhaven. And of course I had a college GPA that was very low because I think I'd eventually I think it was at the point in the semester where you can't like drop it and it have no effect. So when I eventually ended up dropping that math class, it like had a really bad effect on my GPA. So I started college with credits and a 2.7, which wasn't great. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I, I was going to say something that I was trying to say was that um, I think something that contributed to me liking math a bit more now that I'm thinking about it mm-hmm. is um, – it didn't necessarily – so this is in the dual enrollment classes, in the study halls, because um, they're online classes. You can get your work done, and then you just have nothing to do for an hour mm-hmm. um, uh, if you get your def- work done early enough in the week. Or if you just save it all for later, you can just still do nothing for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of us, we had, like, a senior math um, after our uh, study halls, and mm-hmm. so um, we would all work on our math homework. Uh, during that time and um what is it i with my skill in math i feel like it made me so, like not exactly like popular but like mm-hmm. like people talk to me because i was like good at math you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. like everyone's working on it and then they're like they're like oh man i'm done i should check with joseph you know like <laughs> and, or like hey i'm really struggling with this joseph can you help me with this and i think that was a a social aspect to math that I enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I liked, felt like we were a team. It's like obviously we were all doing our own thing, like, but it felt like, um, you know, we were all working on the same thing together and we could help each other if we were struggling or um, uh, what else? Help each other if we were struggling or... Or I could be helped if I was struggling. But I, I feel like I liked that, um, I don't know, that attention that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, especially from the uh, the the cute girls. Um, <laughs> but um, what else? Yeah, I think, yeah, I liked I liked having the reputation of being smart. And I liked the attention it, it got um, yeah. with my skill in math. And I don't know. It's, I, I like... I like that that popped into my head because I feel like I don't have 
or I don't, I don't constantly think about a lot of like fond memories from like high school. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like similar to math, it's popular to hate on high school, which if, you know, er, you know, high school is, is yeah, I feel like it is. Everyone's like, oh, high school is the worst. I feel like that's, that's like what a lot of people say. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe I like more in retrospect, middle, uh-huh. not, you know, while you're there. Cause I mean, for me, it was the best times, it was the worst times, mm. you know? Well, Anyway, I think, um, what is it? Yeah, I don't know. That's just a pleasant memory that kind of like popped into my head of just like, oh, like that, that was fun. Um, mm, well, working on math homework, study hall, goofing around. Um, well, it's good for you because this topic is making me sad. Mm. Well, I mean, maybe something happy will pop up eventually. Maybe not this Not episode. specifically related to those two things. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. For you. Yeah. Yeah. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. What else can I say? We live in a society. Oh, my God. Man. I feel like that horse on that beach. Have you seen that picture? No. The the one of the horse on the beach? Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Is it the the beach that turns you old? (laughs) Is it an old horse? No. Is it pregnant? It will be in about 30 seconds. <laughs> and then it'll grow old and die, and so will its kid by over the course of 30 minutes. It's this one. It's a very contemplative horse. Oh, uh, wait. Man, I, I feel like I saw... I feel like I thought it... Oh, I'm thinking of Juan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. No, I have seen that meme. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't, I didn't know if it had a name or something. I just kind of seen just man. it. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know entirely what that meme encapsulates, but yeah, I feel that just, way a little know, bit. Once you, let's see. I don't know. I don't know what I can compare it to. I felt, I felt like that horse on that beach after I finished the hit HBO series. Narcos. No. Wait. Narcos is not on HBO. It's on <sighs> Netflix. Game of Thrones. No. It was, oh my god, it's more recent. The Wire. No, I haven't finished <laughs> the, the Wire. The Sopranos. No. You haven't finished The Wire? I started watching Aaron, it, but I couldn't get frick? into it. Okay. Why couldn't you get into it? I, I don't seen know. It. <laughs> oh my god, and you're grilling me. Exactly. Gosh, what is it? It's not um, Sorry to Bother You. That's not what it's called. I May Destroy You. I felt like it, that at the end of that series, and mm. you haven't seen that, but. You told me about it. Yeah. It sounded interesting. I probably won't watch it, but. <laughs> What? What? You said but. Yeah, I know. I thought it would be funny if I just didn't say anything. <laughs> okay. Basically, you know, the meme, it feels like after you've thought about something or you've, you just, you just need time to like, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just man. You gotta process you know? it. Yeah. Like you're a horse on a beach looking at the waves and it's just like, man. There's, there's a, there's a melancholy nature to the meme. Yes. Yeah. Play some sad music on it. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I I mean, like, also, mm-hmm. another adding to the to the man uh, levels. Um, <laughs> uh, what is it? That was five years ago? What? Four years ago? Sitting in high school, study hall, doing dual enrollment math. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I thought it affects me thinking about time that way. I thought it might affect you. I guess not. 
I don't know. You know, you always hear those hypotheticals like, if you suddenly woke up and you're like eight years old again, what would you do? And I would probably, <laughs> this is going to sound really macabre, but I probably want to like game end myself because knowing all the things that happened from like the age of eight to like now, I don't know if I could do that again. Mm. Like it's kind of too much and doing it once was fine. I'm past it now. The past is the past for a reason, and I just don't want to go through some things again. Mm. It's just too much. I couldn't do it. So, you know, some people, they're always like, oh, I, would, I would buy some Bitcoin. I would invest in Apple. But, like, I would have an existential like a, crisis. sounds like a uh, potentially racist. Uh, Against who? Indian. It no. Sounds like doing, it sounds like you're doing Apu from The Simpsons. No, I was just doing a, a silly Redditor voice. Uh. You say uh, you saying all Indians use Reddit? No, Aaron. But anyways, Aaron. that was unintentional. Aaron. Listeners. You know Hank Azaria. He he doesn't play a poo anymore. No, he doesn't. Yeah, because he's white. Yep. I don't have an issue with a poo. I just I wanted to make fun of your voice. <laughs> okay. Your racist voice, Joseph. <laughs> anyway. But yeah. Um, Can we talk about something happy? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I'm I am happy <laughs> somewhat. I don't know. I feel like I I find myself to be a very nostalgic person. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of like waking up younger or like reliving my life but w- like with the same consciousness consciousness now um that is a fascinating concept. I feel like if I could do it, I feel like I would want to, but I I it's not like like time travel i don't want to change anything i just Mm -hmm. want to like see it again but from like a i I don't know more enlightened perspective you know what i mean um which i guess you sort of you sort of can do just by like digging up old memories and reflecting on them like how did that affect my life and what um i don't know what was that like or something that may have been really hard as a kid you may look back on as an adult and be like oh that wasn't that bad or the the worst side of it of like you could look back at it as a kid um and you're like as a kid you're like oh that wasn't so bad and then as an adult you're like oh that no that was a lot you know Mm -hmm. to go through and so i i think i just like that uh retrospection and introspection and i yeah if i if i could like live my life again i feel like i would like to but like as a passive observer, you know, mm-hmm. um, just curious about like, you know. I mean, I guess even like going back and trying to change things would be interesting, but there are some things that you just can't prevent, you know, they're going to happen no matter what. Interesting. So what makes you say that? I mean, people die, people get old, Okay. people get ill. There's some inevitabilities, but like, I mean, like how it happens could change. What if like, I mean, if someone, like, died in a war because they got shot, but then you, like, moved them out of the way of the bullet, it's, like, that could completely change everything. Like, yeah, they're still going to die. But, like, how they die and what happens, that would that would be completely changed. I mean, I guess, but I don't know. I feel like there's, like, no use in, like, thinking like that because I can't do it. So it's going to well, make me even more sad. Uh-huh. Mm, I mean... It's just it's just a thought experiment. I mean, I yeah, I think it, it is, but I think it the use is that it makes you it can make you a a smarter um and a more I don't know, aware person, but like mm-hmm. 
But I mean, like, it can also be overdone. Like, I don't think it's like, you know. It's making me sad again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. We have very different perspectives <laughs> on that. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, but I mean, no, I think there, there is like a sad nature to it, too, of like, I get, for me, it's like a, it's like, oh, what if like that relationship didn't end? Or like, what if that friendship didn't end? Or what if, um, what if I wasn't mean to that person? What if I was nicer to that person? You know, stuff like that. Um, I think that can be overdone because then that, then you just might live in like a sea of regret. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just, I more want to like better understand myself, Mm -hmm. um, than, than, than like think too much on the past of like, what could I have done like differently or something? Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess for me, when thinking about these, like, hypotheticals, it's not really that I have, like, regrets. Because honestly, I don't. I mean, if I did, you know, I mean, there might be some things I would change. But then if I did, I wouldn't be the person that I am now, which I quite like. Um, so, you know, it's just knowing how the future will play out for me. It's just I don't want to do all that again. And even if I – even though I do, like, become this person that I do like, it's, like – Everything that it takes to get there is just too much. What if you could fast forward? What, like click? Does, it, does he fast forward and click or does he just like... Well, he fast forward. He he never like goes back in time. He just mm-hmm. goes forward in time. Oh. I'm saying like if you could go back and then like just skip whatever you want to skip. You know what I mean? All the all the explosive diarrhea, <laughs> all the tummy aches, all the, um, the bullying. Uh, you know, just skip whatever you want to skip. What if you just like... You can relive the good. You could relive the, I don't know, maybe some of the bad, selective bad. Mm-hmm. Um, what about that? But then I don't think it would You don't be... have to go through the whole thing. Let's yeah. make it less daunting. Okay. But I still feel like, you know, okay, hypothetically, we're going back and like I know that, I don't know, I'm in my 22-year-old mind or something, right? Mm-hmm. So like I, I know that these things are going on in the background and it's like that here I am you know, as a child, what is it called? I don't know. Blissfully unaware of the things that are happening around me, but also simultaneously, I have my adult mind knowing what's going on around me, and it's just like, I wouldn't be able to enjoy it. Hmm. You know? I don't know. I I think that... <clears throat> I don't know. I think I think that's something I would highly enjoy. I feel like it may make me, like, really sad or something, like... Um, I don't, the example popped into my mind of like we were both alive for like nine eleven, but we weren't old enough to really like comprehend it. Mm-hmm. We could go back and like actually experience that tragedy. That my sounds. What I want to do. That. I don't know because oh it sounds. I mean, it gives you more perspective. You become like. I feel like. You could argue that potentially, um, it could make you like a better person. Going through hardship. I'm going to have to disagree specifically with the 9-11 thing because that, yeah, I don't know. Even at my big age of 22 years, if I saw something like 9-11 happening before me, I don't know how I would, like, recover from that. Everyone else did. I mean, they did, but, like, at what cost? Well, I mean. The United States that we live in now is vastly different Uh from the pre-9-11 United States. But we're talking on a personal level. I'm saying, like. Yes, on a personal level. No, but you're 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 saying the United States. Like I'm I'm know, talking person like, to person. 
I, I don't I don't think that I just don't think it would be worth it. Uh huh. No, I mean, no, I mean it it, it. it would take a toll. I just think. Okay, maybe why you don't think it would be worth it. This is just this is just me thinking. Mm-hmm. Is because like you can comprehend nine eleven like better than I can. Maybe okay. you know what I mean. Like you can you can understand the gravity and the severity of that tragedy. Meanwhile, for me, like it happened, but for me, it's practically fiction. You know what I mean? It's a fairy tale. Like years ago, I I have no idea what it was like. I don't. I didn't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But I mean, would it really be worth it to see like? hundreds of people die before your eyes on television just so that you would come out on the other side as like a better person like i don't think the legit post-traumatic stress is worth it i I don't know if everyone got post ptsd well it comes in levels you know Uh it's not like it's just it's not just like being in a war zone Uh i would argue that most people who witnessed 9-11 happening live suffered some kind of post-traumatic stress i mean i witnessed it. it Well, what do you mean you witnessed it? I saw it on TV. But you don't remember it. No, I don't. But I did. Exactly, because you weren't at an age where that... Your brain wasn't even fully developed. It was like soup. I was three. I was full. I was using full sentences. I was talk, I was upset about it. I don't remember being upset about it, but well, I was exactly, upset. Exactly, you don't remember it. I feel like that's the big thing there. But anyways, PTSD comes in levels, and for some people it doesn't last forever. It may... Linger on a little bit, but as I was saying, I would argue that most of the people who witnessed 9-11 happen live suffered some kind of post-traumatic stress from it, just not, you know, the level of being in Afghanistan or something like that. Hmm. So. I don't know. I I think, I don't know. I think of it just like, well, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm like, my mind's going in a bunch of different directions. I still think that like, if I could go back and, and like... Just go back into my like childhood brain, but with my current twenty three year old brain, and like mm-hmm. actually experience it. I feel like I would, um, I would want to, because I don't know. I feel like I. I mean, I guess I can understand wanting to do that to be able to relate with other people on a better level, but I don't know. I just, I still don't think it's worth it. I, don't I just want to understand and comprehend the event, and I feel like yeah. I can't because it's like in the past. I mean, I can try. But it's like it's still not ex- experiencing it, you know, which even then there's still like levels of like experiencing it on TV versus like actually being in New York. Yeah. Um, but also I feel like I want to say that it probably I feel like it wouldn't be as traumatic as you're thinking it would be um, where it's like there's like a terrible, you know, our current day, there's like a terrible thing happening with like Russia invading Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm not getting any like PTSD from that. But I think that's not on American soil. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's where the you're not seeing people get shot on TV. I mean, I I feel like I could you. I mean, I don't I don't know I don't I don't think it's very ethical to show people getting uh, game ended on television. But there have been some instances. There's um, the massacre in Bucha where there are just bodies littered everywhere, and they showed that on TV, and that definitely had an effect on me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get why they did that to show how terrible Russia is being in the Ukraine. But I don't know. It feels that feels a little unethical to me. Maybe it's just because of the way I react upon seeing a dead body. But Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. 
I get it, but I really wish I didn't see it. Yeah. No, I, well, yeah, I, I think I was just trying to say, like, there, yeah, I was saying, like, there is a current tragedy going on, but, like, I'm not getting any PTSD from it. But, yeah, it, there is a difference of, like, I feel like if I was a Ukrainian mm-hmm. seeing that, then, like, yeah, I might, I might be getting some PTSD. <laughs> yeah. But um, also, I think what made 9-11 so just wild is that, you know, for the most part, everybody saw it happen, right? I think most newscasts didn't show the first plane hitting, but all of them showed the second plane hitting. And at first, what people thought was that it was just an accident. But as soon as people saw that second plane hit, they knew something absolutely terrible has just happened and something absolutely terrible is going to happen after this. And this is like a major attack on American soil, not even really by like another like sovereign state, but just like by a terrorist group. But still, it's I don't know. Imagine, you know, people, I guess, in the generation before that watching Pearl Harbor happen right before their eyes, not just the people in Hawaii, but people just like watching it on TV, just thinking, oh, something there's like a fire at Pearl Harbor. But all of a sudden you see bombs coming down Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I really don't know how to make you see how just wild is the only word that I can use. But it was just it was it was a really big deal. And even as someone who didn't see it happen because I was a literal baby whose brain was soup. Um, I can. <laughs> you were a baby during Pearl Harbor? <laughs> no. <laughs> How old are you? Anyway, um, even though I didn't witness it firsthand, just seeing, like, the footage from that day and even, like, the fictionalized accounts from it. So, like, um, what is it, Flight 93, that movie that I watched, which was a bad idea. Um, I can I can tell. And, you know, like, Hearing, or I guess reading people talk about, you know, where they were on that day, how they felt, all of that kind of stuff. I can, I can identify just how awful that was to be there, like in New York or just watching it happen. Mm-hmm. And just that sinking feeling knowing that the United States is about to go to war. Mm-hmm. Don't know with who yet, but whoever did this, they've got hell to pay, basically. And then just the aftermath of that, just like, you know, a lot of people, especially in high school, went and enlisted in the military and a lot of them did not come back. And if they did come back, they were horribly mentally scarred. Mm -hmm. So that event had a serious ripple effect on the psyche of the United States, Mm -hmm. I think. And um, like I said, you know, the USA we live in now is very different from the USA that we lived in. On September, oh, when did it happen? <laughs> when did? When? No, I'm trying to do the day before. It happened on the first, so like sep- um, November, not November. Jesus Christ. Um, oh yeah, nine eleven uh, classically happened August, on November first. August thirty first, two thousand one. So, it was just like a major shift in. A, did you say a lot it happened on the first? September first, two thousand one. 9-11. Jesus Christ. <laughs> September 10th. <laughs> September 10th? Yes. This is the day before. Okay. So, you know, I feel like, I don't know. Well, okay. No, I think I think we comprehend history differently. Yeah. I think, for me, associated with film, mm-hmm. like, history for me, I, I cannot connect with at all unless I'm being, like, shown it. Mm-hmm. If you tell me it, I, like, I well, don't. Well, you, have, you haven't seen the, like, news reports from I, that day? 
I have. I can connect with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think, and it's not like I want to, like, go back in history, like, and experience, like, every tragedy. I don't want to be, mm-hmm. like, in World War II. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just, like, I was alive for 9-11, but have no memory and, like, couldn't mm-hmm. comprehend what was happening. That's okay. what I'm saying, like, I am I feel like I missed out on. <laughs> that. That's a poor wording, but, like, yeah. I'm just saying, like, like, I don't know. I guess that's a significant event in that I was alive for, mm-hmm. but like, you know, you know, brain soup, not really alive, whatever. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you were three. I was like, what? I just <clears throat> turned two probably. Well, I guess technically I was two and was about to turn three yeah. in like a month. Yeah. Um, but no, what is I was, it? Well, my, my, yeah. my parents, what? So like I said, no memory, but like my parents would always say, which I guess, this I I don't I'd have to check with my the parent I do doc do talk to and mm-hmm. uh, because this story was always recounted by the parent I don't talk to, um, but what is it? Basically, they would always say like it was like oh yeah you know you were you were watching the TV and you reacted to nine eleven as it was happening you were like really sad you were like oh my god all those all those mommies and daddies they're dying like mm-hmm. you know but I, I don't know I don't have any memory of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what other day like when Kennedy gets his head blown in. <clears throat> you know, anything else super traumatic? You well, that's like that's like so. Well, I mean, I, almost instinct, almost a re, uh, what is it? Reflexively, I said mm-hmm. yes because <laughs> it's like well because it's so sensationalized in like fiction now. You know what I mean? Stephen yeah. King's wrote a book about JFK, JFK assassination. Yeah. He wrote a, he, he, he wrote a lot of books. I, yeah. I might have missed out on this. I'm one. pretty sure it's it, I'm pretty sure it's just called the date that it happened. Like it's 11/22/63. Oh, that. That's a book. I, I didn't know that was about the Kennedy assassination because they adapted it. It's right? also about time travel. Yeah, oh. it's like a Hulu show with James Franco. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yo, speaking of 9/11, um, you yes. hear any of those? Uh, you hear about any of those memes kind of making fun of? Um, so we already talked about like turning red a little bit. I don't know uh-huh. if we talked about it on the podcast, but no. Um Man, no. Okay. No, we did talk about it on the podcast cuz you were like, "Oh, these 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 dudes, they're yeah, like you I got can't mad relate at what to I it." Said. Yeah. Well, I got I got I What is it? I don't think I got mad. I was just like, "Oh, this doesn't it doesn't necessarily need to be brought up because it's like ridiculous." Mm-hmm. But like I understand why you brought it up, but it's like it it seemed like you were having like an emotional reaction to it where I'm just like, oh, like it's just oh, it's having like a bad take. Oh, it's the thing where I take. said that, yeah, okay. There people were like, oh, I can't relate to Turning Red. And I was like, well, like, you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. I have now since seen Turning Red. It's mm-hmm. great. It's very, it is very relatable, even though I am not a uh, female. Um, God, okay. Um, but what is it? I saw that there was some memes apparently where it was, um, so Turning Red, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, because they didn't include 9-11 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, because it's set in, like, 2002. You know what I mean? And so it was, like, I watched a uh, Lessons in Meme Culture video about it where it was, like, it was um it was basically, like, edits of Turning Red where they mm-hmm. talk about 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... It's the wor- worst take possible. But it was, like... Also, this takes place in Canada. Yeah. But, I mean, it affected the world. <laughs> it did, It affected but... the world. But, no, no, no. It's... Anyway. The memes are making fun of, like... This like, person's bad take. The yeah, the the criticism turning red because it's like, 
it, the meme that I saw in the video was like really funny where it was like this mm-hmm. domino effect and it's like um it's like criticizing turning red for like oh my god how am I gonna explain uh periods to like my daughter you mm-hmm. know what I mean who's like I guess not having periods yet and then it's like I, that was the beginning the really small domino and at the end it was like yo why didn't they put 9-11 in turning red <laughs> <laughs> why didn't they uh talk about the uh the cultural impact of it in this yeah. uh kids movie um also periods are not that hard to explain i don't anyway i mean to like a six-year-old or like a eight-year-old you could definitely explain it to an eight-year-old maybe i don't know because some girls are getting periods at eight it's kind of rare okay but it does happen then you can you can what about like a four-year-old i mean is a four-year-old even gonna sit still and listen yes well they're gonna watch turning red like (laughs) 10 times Mm -hmm. uh every day until the next Disney movie comes out. Mm. Well, then you just explain it. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, just just get good. Like, <laughs> I mean, just get I, good parents. I'll explain it to your kids for you. You need to upload a video, Aaron. Aaron, on your <laughs> your next your next YouTube channel, your My next YouTube video <laughs> for your channel. Uh-huh. It's gonna be a YouTube kids video. Comments turned off. <laughs> uh, you can't you can't play it in the background or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and it's you. It's gonna be you explaining periods to two year old. Uh, two-year-olds. Okay. You're like, hey, kids. Uh, and then, I don't know. No, that is my normal intro. Yeah. Yeah. But you How do you know do, fellow kids? A, you wouldn't know because you're a fake fan. I, so, Aaron, I yeah. never claim to be a fan. Well. You can't call me a fake fan <laughs> if I never was one. <laughs> Get the frick out of here. All right, that's it. We're doing the outro. <laughs> it's only been... All right, fine. Give me a yeah, 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 yeah. How long has it been, actually? I don't know. Hour 38. Yeah, that's a good length. My These chairs are not comfy. My butt hurts. Well, that's what you get for having a hand-kill butt. All right. <laughs> Need to put more pocket sand. No, that's Dale. To cushion it. I've never seen King of the Hill. Really? No. Oh, man. Missing out. My, I mean, I know that I've seen the memes. Mm-hmm. I know that he sells propane or whatever. And I know propane accessories. Bobby uh, is his son. Uh huh. Pocket sand. Someone has pocket sand. Dale. Um, what else? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you should watch it. It's nice. Should be on HBO Max. I don't see why I wouldn't. Um, um, we, we've already established that, uh, what is it? What have, what have we established? We've established that know. you are bad at math and then I don't watch a lot of TV. Okay. I mean, I feel like it's... Those are our two defining traits. A couple of episodes It's going to stay on my tombstone. Okay, whatever. Joseph didn't watch a lot of TV. <laughs> anyway, this has been the 14th episode of the Not Just Aaron podcast. <laughs> What the frick was that? I don't know. She said that was my improv. I've been working on it. Anyway, um, we are available on all major podcast platformes. That is um, uh, Spotify, Google, Apple, Anchor, and YouTube. So uh, we are not just Aaron podcast, I think. Oh, God. Fake fan. Anyway, fake fan of my own work. Mm. <laughs> anyway, um, what else? Oh, follow Sponsor. us. I'm not done yet. Okay. Follow us on social medias. That is at not just Aaron Pod, Twitter and Instagram, even though 
I hardly use them. Whoopsie daisy. Life is hard, what can I say? Um, to discuss all things not just Aaron, you can use the hashtag NJAPod. And oh, also follow me on YouTube at It's Just Aaron. I have fun things coming up. I just posted a video yesterday, and you should watch it because it's good and short. Um, How short? 57 seconds. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, that is pretty short. It is indeed. Um, oh, because you were like, you were like, you want to cash in on that uh, YouTube shorts views. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> mm. hey, you gotta, it takes time. I guess, but I'll tell you about it later. You just expected you're just going to upload one video and then it's like a million views. Boom. Well, sort of. And I will tell you about it later. Anyway, no. um, who are we sponsored by? 9-11. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have done this episode without you. Appreciate it. <laughs> we gotta go. Goodbye.